don't even try to tell me that the contract extension for Don Granado is not too soon. I'm all on board for this guy being the coach. Okay. I just don't think he's done enough to earn a multi-year extension. I thought one of the best things that was happening was that he was going to coach this year throughout his contract. Thought that would that was like one of the smartest things that could be done with all the coaches that are available out there in hockey. I thought it would have been great to at least see what can happen this season with the team that he has. There you go. Take the stage. I think you're absolutely nuts. I don't think you have any clue what you're talking about. Listen, we're talking about a coach that took on literally one of the worst teams in the last decade. He had star players, guys that were drafted number one overall in the NHL draft, a defenseman in particular, a guy that was supposed to be the second coming of, of a defenseman in this league who looked like he should have been playing in the minors. We talked about that. The, this, this, there was multiple players that weren't even in the lineup. They were struggling mentally. Okay. They have the skills. They're struggling mentally. You know what happened? There's a coaching change. Don Granato came in and he literally acquired a team that has, I've never seen a team that was more wounded okay. mentally and, and, than and this so team. Great. Changed the morale. Everybody was having fun. The team got a dog and everybody was playing around. It was great. It was a great season. And they won some really, really big games. But don't tell me that he earned a three-year or multi-year extension. I assume multi-year means three or more. Well, listen, I mean, I think you're so off. We we talk about this more than the actual team. We talk about Don Granato for some reason more than the team. And we, I've never, never sat here right now and, and, and agreed with anything you said on him. The guy has been here for two years. He has done incredible things by number one, the environment was absolutely terrible. The players on the team didn't even want to be here. They didn't Craig, I, be- I could have walked in there and changed the environment. No, you couldn't. You could have. No, you couldn't. Yes, we could have. No, you could. Are, are you serious? Yeah. You don't think I am, that you, I'm dead you don't serious. think that I could have walked into that locker room after they let go of uh, Freddy Krueger. And I absolutely believe that I could have single-handedly changed the morale of the team. Easy. Yeah. Not hard you to and do. every other friggin' couch potato watching. Oh, bullshit. You're thinking that you're going to walk in there and do what an NHL coach does? No. Again, well, that's you just J- said it. No, you just what, said it right now. That's what JR said to you last week. Don't fuck up my words. What I said was I could have gone in there with how wounded this team was and changed the morale. Simple as that. I believe I could have done that. It's not that hard. Give guys ice time. Don't yell at them. Uh, you know, teach them, coddle them, and and well, that's let them interesting because Rasmus Dahlin was getting ice time, and so was Yoki Haru. Okay. So what was their issue? You're just going to go in there and change uh, Rasmus Dahlin's game? No, I would have done what Don Granado did. It, it it does not take fucking rocket appliances to know that you got a left hand defenseman that's probably better on the right side. Oh. Okay. Right? Because that's where he's most comfortable playing. So what do you do? Let's put him on the left side. That was a bad decision. So yeah, let's just put him move. on his natural side. That, that'd be a stupid well, not, decision. He played on the right side his whole life in Sweden, Riv. He was his drafted. Whole life. Yeah, he was drafted as a left-hand shot defenseman that played the right side in Sweden. That's what he played. 
Okay. It's one of his strengths is the fact that he can play the offside. So I would have done that too. So what's, what's your next move? My next move is to hire you because you have all the answers. Exactly. You have all the answers to this And that's why you would have an extension as well. I think Don Granato has absolutely 1,000% earned this. He has taken on a team that was just bismal. The environment was bismal. The name across the league was bismal. Nobody wanted to come here. You have players that were here, didn't want to be here. He changed the entire environment. Oh, it's pretty easy to do though. Um, but now you're sitting there and and you have two years of his environment change, two years of working on the mental side of these young players. Now you have a bunch of now you have a bunch of players that literally want to be here. They want to be a Buffalo Saber. They want to live in this city. They want to represent the crest. And that's because of Don Granado. You know, here's the thing. He's taken this on. Now, how many years did Don uh, has Don been a, a head coach in the league prior to taking over Buffalo? None. Same as me. Oh, okay. So that's right. So fuck, he's a piece of shit because he uh, you know, he he hasn't really shown anything yet. He hasn't shown them how to win. He's listen, he's had to teach these kids how to be professionals. That's number one. He needs to take it slow and they need to all understand mature. He's done the coddling and the pampering and the patting on the backs after multiple mistakes over mistakes over mistakes. But he allowed these kids to play and gain confidence. Now we have Rasmus Dahlin, who's a completely different player. Casey Middlestat, Tage Thompson, you just continue over and over. And now all of a sudden you have a team that looks extremely respectful. Now, he's not a team like all uh, a lot of these guys, like, uh, you know, who's the guy in uh, Florida? Anyway, oh, Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. He's just walking in, walking in, God, taking over there. a monster team, and he's going, oh, my God, Paul Maurice is just the greatest coach ever. Okay. Don Granado was given a pile of shit to deal with. And he's worked this team into something extremely respectful. And now they're at a point where there's a little bit of pressure on some of these players, something that they've never dealt with. That's something that Don Granado is going to have to deal with these young players. But I don't think that this team is, oh, we have now arrived and we're win first type uh, mindset. They're still developing. They still have J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, Peyton Krebs, uh, Cousins. Like You have a multiple amount of players that have only been in this league for one, two, three years. So Don Granado and his coaching style is maybe going to be a little bit different than two years from now. And I think that he has the ability to change the coaching style because it's going to be harder. It's going to be more demanding. I want to make something clear I as I allow you to rant. He deserves this. As I allow you to rant. I am not saying that he isn't the man for the job. What I'm saying is they should have let him play this season out without a, a contract extension and really see how the team does. That's all I'm saying. Then you can award him his contract at the end of the year or not if you feel like he is the man for the job. There are so many good coaches out there right now. 
how do you know that Don Granado is is actually going to be able to take this team from where they were to where you need them to go? That's all I'm saying. And maybe he can. And this is the year to do it. So I've never, like, you would never give a guy an extent an extension of a contract and 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 on a team if you weren't sure about what he exactly was as a player. That's all I'm saying. It's just, I feel the same way about Don Granado as I did Tage Thompson. That's it. Why are we so horny to sign everybody? I understand Kevin Adams' extension. I get that. You need to have a GM in place here that has stability. But let him make the hard decision at the end of the year whether to fire his buddy Donnie or not, or not bring him back. That's all I'm saying. Give him, give, put, like, put a little bit of risk on these guys. That's it. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Kevin Adams deals with Don Granato and his coaching staff every day. You and I get to deal with Don Granato sitting on our couches and watching the after the game recap of what Don saw in a game. Right, this is okay. circumstantial, not this is circumstantial. It's not personal and it's it's not professional either. It's circumstantial. I'm not saying it's So I'm not saying I, it, I'm listen. I get your point. I don't know what Don Granado's like as a coach. I get that. I get that. I do see the yeah. improvements of these players. I get that. All I'm saying is there's a lot more to it than just morale and young players having good seasons. There's more to it. Winning games. That's that's what it comes down to. Kyle Oposo said okay, it the other but day. It, but it, we have but to learn how to we're, win we're games. Talking so about, if Don Granado can't get this team to w- finish and win these games, then he's not your coach. But maybe he is. That's all I'm saying. Oh my God, man. It's a fucking team that's literally been the, the, the bottom five for the last decade. Okay? Don Granado, I don't give a shit who you put behind the bench two years ago. You're not winning with that team. They didn't have they didn't have the, the people to win hockey games. It's taken time. Kevin Adams has taken his time to allow this team to develop. He has made draft picks that are going to flourish in in years. They've they've allowed they've given opportunity to players those players have taken advantage of their opportunity because they believe in Don Granado. Like Jeff Skinner was on the fourth line. Jeff Skinner last year under Don Granado, that had fucking nothing to do with it. Hey, had nothing to do with Don Granado, Jeff Skinner's uh breakout seed or Tage Thompson going to center at six foot seven, 220 pounds and scoring 38 snipes. That had nothing to do with Don that's great. Granato. He helped create individual Just, success. That's great. Now we go. gotta put it together as a team, and that's part of being a coach, and that earns you a contract okay. extension, in my opinion. That's all. But do you that's not all. think that he's earned an extension? The guy signed like what a one-year deal or a two-year deal just to see what he can do after what you've witnessed with this team and the direction of the entire organization and what it's, what it's looked upon in, in around the league. 
I think that comes more it's from Kevin Adams. I think Don Granado is a huge part of it, but I think I think the morale and the way the players are thinking and wanting so Jeff to play- Skinner, Jeff Skinner's success is about Kevin Adams. No, oh my God, Cage Thompson's oh, success are, is about Kevin. You know Adams. what? I got to tell you this. No, no, I'm I wish Jr. were here. Talking about, he would. He would talk about. This is this is this is painful because I'm. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think you know what you're saying. Because you basically just said to me right now, this has more to do with Kevin Adams. Yes, I think the morale and, and the, the the thought process behind players wanting to play here would still be there regardless of who the coach is because of Kevin Adams. Take out Don Granado, insert Michael Pekka. Okay? I think the players still think the same way. Take out Michael Pekka, add I, I disagree with you. Oh, that's, uh, where we're, that's where we're going to agree to disagree right there. I think Don Granado and his coaching staff has done an exceptional job. You could have brought in another coach. And it might have been different. You could have brought in a big name. You don't guy, think Kevin Adams like, would have said to another coach, this is how we are going to approach this because of the circumstances that you have just mentioned about the seasons past and and Ralph Kruger and all of that. You don't think that some coach would have come in here and a fresh voice is sometimes all you need. Dan Bilesma came in and replaced Chris Terrian, and then they won. He was just a fresh voice. Then all of a sudden, you go on to find out that he's really not that great of a coach anyway. Like so, you're telling me that you need a fresh voice here in Buffalo? Every no guy's been here for no, a year and a half. I'm saying Don Granado. Oh my fucking god! No, what the fuck? No, I said Don Granado was the fresh voice. Any fresh voice with the right attitude and approach could get what they got out of these players. No way! Oh fuck! You're absolutely nuts. Don Granado got this out because of the type of person he is and how influentially his to these young players to get them out mentally. It wasn't about physical. Darlene didn't get worse. He didn't get worse. He wasn't a worse skater. He didn't, his, his, his brain and the way his hockey IQ, his shot, his pass, everything. No, it was his brain. It was between the ears. And Don Granato is a scientist. Okay. Don Granato is the guy who dealt with these young players that were in terrible states of mind okay and now all of a sudden we're looking at a year and a half later and we're looking at Darlene going we have an absolute stud and Yoki Haru's played exceptionally well and Casey Middlestad and Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner went from the fourth line with a certain coach and now all of a sudden he's scoring 33 goals and and having 65 points a year like that has nothing to do with Don Granato Oh, and he didn't earn. He didn't earn Craig, I, I, where they are now. This entire time, I think you're. I don't know if you're. If you're. If you just want to hear one angle of what I'm trying to say, I am not saying that Don Granado has not done a good job. I not once have I said that, and not once have I said that he is not a good NHL coach. I don't know if he's a good NHL coach. Do you know if he's a good NHL coach? You don't know only by the NHL. only by witnessing what the team has done. And, and what has the team done? They had a bunch of players that played really well and got good so points. You're, you're last telling me that they Rasmus fucking Dolan. sucked, man. They they didn't they missed the playoffs. I'm not this is not an indictment on his coaching ability. It is literally just circumstantial. The timing, I think they should have waited another year. That's it. Just like Tage Thompson. Why yes, why wait with he, him? Right. At least I'm consistent Crazy. in my thought process. What do you mean Crazy. why wait with him? Crazy. Why? <laughs> I don't see it that way. Cage Thompson comes into this season. Okay. He comes into this season in the first 20 games. He scores 10 goals. That guy's worth eight and a half million dollars. Okay. Not and, seven. And, and what if he scores three? 
You think he's going to score three? I didn't say he's going to score three. I said, but what if he scores three? He, it's not like he has a track record of putting up consistent points. He literally had like a seven-goal season the year before. Okay. So so what if he turns into a William Carlson this year? What if? I really but hope Don Granato can fix his more Was he on then? the first power play? A couple years ago, was he on the first power play? No. Did he play with guys like Steph, Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck? No. But where was he in the lineup? What was the opportunity where he where he was? Now he's taking advantage of it. Now he's in the prime of his career. He's turned he's 24. He's turning 25. This guy is an absolute stud. You're going to sit there and you're going to wait. You're going to wait. Yeah, because last year he's going to let him loose uh, in games that were hey, that didn't mean learn. anything. Go and learn. And this year it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be a lot different. That's all I'm going to say. I want to see another year healthy from him because he has a track record of being injured. And I want to see another year of good output. You know, like that's all I'm saying. He can't come in this year and get 27 goals. He's got to get more than that. No, he does. 27 goals. Totally fine with me. I'll take okay. 27 goals all day long. Okay. You give me 27. You give me 70, point, 70 points. It's a really good season by him. 20, 27 goals. 70, was he a setup guy now? He's going to be an assist guy this year. Is that an assist guy? Well, what, what is that? That's 42 assists. That's, that's a good season. Not in the old assist bracket. It's one, that's one assist every two games for a number one center that's playing on a number one power play that's getting 20 minutes plus of ice time a game. You're going to tell me you can't get one assist every two games doesn't sound I, like a lot now does it no it actually doesn't doesn't sound like a lot it'll be, it'll be interesting to see craig it'll be interesting I think, to see i think i think kevin adams stole is a cage thompson's a steal for the sabers at 7.1242 million dollars a year i think he's going to be an absolute steal for this team in the future 24 years old, 6'7", 220, plays center, first power play, kills penalties, over 20-plus minutes a night, steal. I'm telling you. And you know what? Kevin Adams could have waited. Could have sat in his hands, could have waited. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Tage Thompson takes off this year again, and does what he did last year, you're going to be paying him nine and a half million dollars. Nine and a half. That's the difference. But you're okay with paying him nine and a half to produce uh, one more year. Uh well, I, 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 I all of the would... signings this year, all of those young kids, are the Norris, the the Thomas, the Cairo. All of those guys signed for Stitzel. All of those guys signed for eight plus. Okay. Coach Thompson steal at some point one. We'll, we'll, we two. will. We will see. I guess we that's, will that's that's the wonderful thing about it. Uh, other things going on in Saberland is they have a, some young kids. We talked about this yesterday on Shred and Reagan. Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka. Starting the season this year with the Sabres on the third line, right? They're playing with. Uh, um, for, first line is Thompson, Skinner, and Olofsson. 
It's what I've second line is Middlestat, Tuck, and Quinn, who's playing oh, on Quinn, his offside. Not Krebs. Okay. And then the third line is Cousins, Krebs on the left, Turk on the right. Oh, okay. So I had now that's uh, I that's had, what I, I had uh, Krebs and Quinn mixed up, but because yeah. they're playing their off, they're playing their off wings. Now, if that's going to stick, I don't know. That's just what um, you know. I read uh, I read on Twitter. Um, you know, Polly Hamilton usually puts out his 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 lines and stuff, but that's subject to change. I would imagine. We were saying yesterday, this this kid has expectation to come in and score and produce right away. I I think he does. I, I don't think there's any sitting back and waiting and saying, you know, let's be patient. I think the Sabers, I think the Sabers are looking at this guy saying, come in and be another Thomas Vanek. Well, Th- Thomas Vanek scored what twenty five in his first year, coming off a forty six goal season in the uh, American in the Hockey League. Yeah. If he's going to be playing on a on a line with Casey Middlestat Stat and Alex Tuck, I would I would think that he is going to be a twenty five goal scorer, and I would love to see that. I think that's what this team needs more than anything is to have a breakout young rookie that people are talking about. Now we can sit here and we can talk about you know Owen Power till we're blue in the face and talk about how great he is. But I expect him to be great. He's the number one pick overall in the NHL draft. He is not 18 years old. He is not 19 years old. He's not Owen coming out Power of junior hockey either. 20 years old. Okay. He's more mentally and physically ready for the NHL. I would expect Owen Power to have a very strong season. Now, granted, he's a young defenseman, he's a rookie defenseman. He is going to have up and down nights okay that's just the way the game is he's 20 he does not know all the all the buildings in the league he doesn't know the cities he doesn't uh he's never played an 82 game schedule in his life so it's going to be physically demanding on his body mentally for mental aside and physical but i expect owen power to be great okay i do that being said, Jack Quinn, I expect him to be special too. He's playing on a top two line. He's going to get opportunity on the power play. I think that he's playing with two players right now. You know, obviously, Alex Tuck is world class, okay, world class right winger. And I think Casey Middlestat is our diamond in the rough. That's what I think right now. I think Casey Middlestat right now is going to have a season. And that's going to allow a young, very talented hockey player in Jack Quinn, that sniper ability to have a really, really good season. Uh, Middlestat's probably the biggest question mark on the entire team. On the entire team, because Tage Thompson came in and took his spot last year. I mean, if K- if Casey Middlestad doesn't get hurt, and this is just kind of how, so you know, you sit there and you say, you know, this just goes back to Granado. I mean, was that did did Tage Thompson start the season at center because yes. Casey Middlestad was hurt? Correct. They didn't really have anybody. They had no centerman, right? Yeah. So it's like Tage. Well, I think they were tinkering Tage, you played with center that before beforehand. What's that? I think they were tinkering with Tage Thompson beforehand, before you know Casey Middlestat got injured. 
Okay. All right. But either way, Tage Thompson was a major benefactor to that. Um, but Casey yes. Middlestad, I'm telling you, man, Casey Middlestad is looking at that, and he's got to be, I don't know about pissed off, but he's definitely looking at that, and he's a little probably frustrated that he got hurt last year. Like, he's probably sitting there saying, like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have had 38 goals. but Got hurt twice last year. Twice last year. And then, you know, when he came back, he, he just he didn't look he didn't look good. I mean, then how can you when you've been off that long? I get it. But, I mean, there's a guy that I think has the most to prove of anybody else on this team. Is he going to be a Buffalo Sabre beyond this year or not? That's the question about uh, Casey Middlestad for me. That's a, It's as simple as that. Another question I have for you about this team, but how the hell does Alex Tuck not have an A on his sweater? My train of thought is this. Caliposo is without question the captain of this team. Yeah. Okay. Every single player on the team knows it. They want it. They respect him. They respect the type of person he is. If you're Kevin Adams, if you're Don Granado, if you're the Pagulas, and you want someone to represent that crest, the Buffalo Sabres, Caliposo is your man. This guy. Put aside the game of hockey just for a minute and you look at the person of Kyle Oposo and how he interacts in the public, how he interacts with his teammates, how he interacts with the media. Um, this is exactly what you want all of your younger players. And I'm going to tell you, all the younger players right now are sponges. Darlene, Yoki Haru, Matias Samuelson, um, uh, Owen Power, Krebs, Cousins, Paterka, Quinn, Casey Middlestat. Every one of these guys are watching and and taking in all of the the energy from Kyle Oposo and how he acts on a daily basis. How to be a true professional. Kyle Oposo is, is a guarantee. And they made the right decision. It's an outstanding decision. That being said, you're asking yourself, how is Kyle, how is Alex Tuck not, not an assistant? It's a great question, but I can say this knowing and hearing what they say about Zemgus Gergensen, he is an absolute 1000% no brainer. Now is is Zemgus Gergensen going to be here long-term? Is he going to be here three years from now, two years from now, or even after this season? Maybe not, probably not. And maybe that's when Alex Tuck moves into that position. The other question you have is, well, why is Rasmus Dahlin named named assistant? Well, Don Granado in the last number of months has talked a lot about the maturity and the and the competitiveness of of Dahlin. He's also a defenseman. And I believe if you go and look at around the NHL, most teams, most teams in the league will have a leader, whether it's a captain or an assistant on the defense. So you have two on the forward line with Gergensen. And you, don't want to, you don't want the defense to feel left out and not it has, feel has like nothing to do about being left out, but it's like the analogy in football. Okay. You have Josh Allen, who's the captain of the offense. And then on on the defense, which is which is a team, the defense is a team. 
the offensive is a team. And then you have obviously the overall bills are a team, but there's two different separate situations on the defense. You're not having Josh Allen captain the defense. They have their captain. Okay. They have their captain. It's the same thing as in hockey. You need to have someone that is, you know, a voice uh, for the for the back end, for the defense. Rasmus Dahlin's going into his fifth year. He's grown tremendously in his in his time since he was 18 years old. And I expect him to really kind of continue to further himself in, in the game leadership-wise. So as of right now, Gergensen is with this team and he deserves to be, he deserves to have a letter on his jersey. But he may not be here forever, and that's when Alex Tuck might be a guy that steps into that position. If and I and I could be completely wrong, but if I were Alex Tuck, I would feel a little slighted. I don't know. I I think a lot of people expected not that it matters to us or the fans who are the captains or the assistants. Pick the right people, or you know, pick the people that that you know have been here the longest. All I'm saying is. Uh, all your leader, like you got your, your captain and your assistant are, are fourth line guys. And you know, your other assistant captain is a, a number one overall franchise defenseman. That's, that's all I'm saying. I mean, so it's, so say that again. I don't Well, okay. So I just want you no, to no, know no, this. Just say that again. Say, say exactly what you just said. These aren't necessarily my thoughts. Okay. I'm just telling you, taking in information from Twitter and people I text with and everything that all asked. those people on Twitter, they know for sure. But what well, did you just say? Their, two, two their forwards questions are, what? are valid. Two of their leaders, two your captain leaders. and your assistant up front, are on the fourth line. Oh, okay. Two of your leaders are on the fourth line. Yeah. Does that matter? I don't know. You're the one who brought up the point. I brought up someone else's point. That's all the question was. I'm really pissing you off today, aren't I? You're in full yep. defense mode, though. That's what I love about it. Well, listen, I mean, um, I, I just, I, I look at that statement. I think it's ridiculous because anybody who um, knows anything about leadership on any certain team, okay, doesn't have to just be about hockey. It can be about, you know, basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is. Your leader does not have to be your best player. Your leader is out there to help not only things on the ice, to have the right attitude and practice the right attitude in the gym. Um, obviously a guy that has been through ups and downs that can, that can translate to these younger players when to calm themselves and calm the team down when things aren't going well, because leaders come out when things aren't going well, not when things are going well. Okay. That's when everybody else gets patted on the back. But when the things aren't going well is when you're going to see Kyle Poso in there and Gergensen in the room talking over and over about how they need to get out of this and how they need to channel the right mindset. Okay. That's when leaders come out. It's when things aren't going well. That okay, being who- said, there's so much more to leadership than just what the fans see in a game. There's so much more to leadership, dealing with the coaches, dealing with the media, dealing with things behind the scenes that, that people don't know about. 
Did is this all Kylo unfair? Poso, Are these all unfair did Kylo questions? Did Poso kill penalties last year? Yes, he did. Because I look at Kylo Poso now, like, is he not playing on the power play? I believe he was in preseason, was he not? Yeah. So he he's going to play a role on the team. Um, and, you know, listen, I mean, let's just take one good thing from Ralph Kruger, which is pretty much the only good thing I can say, is that he never named lines. He didn't name lines. He didn't say, oh, this is line number one, line number two, line number three, line number four. How many nights when Ralph Kruger was coaching this team, did we say, I don't give a shit about what Ralph Kruger said. The Gergensen Oposo line is the best goddamn line on the ice. Many men. Oh, you're shaking your head. The first thing that we agree with. I like your argument. Today. Again, Craig. I am not coming to you bringing all these points as my own. We have people that ask questions when they hear extensions and captains, and you have friends texting you about the Sabres, and so do I. I mean, I'm just asking the questions that they're asking. It makes makes it more interesting than me sit here and agree with everything. I I do think they should have waited on Granado. I do think they should have waited on Tage. I think Kyle Oposa was the right choice for captain. I'm asking you the questions that other people are asking me. So I appreciate your anger. Just don't direct it toward me. Yeah, but I think that you do a really good job of making these thoughts your own. That's the problem I have. If you believe, if you believe that what you're saying, okay, I have no problem with it. But if we're just arguing because you want to press my buttons, that pisses me off even more than the entire argument begin with. So just stand up and tell me whether you agree or don't agree. And let me, let me tell you something. We talk about Don Granado. You have literally, me and you have been button heads for freaking a year on this guy. Because you didn't think he was the right guy for the job after, you know, the half season. You need to go and get a real coach. And I was like, well, I think you need to give him an opportunity because he just turned around. Darlene, Yoki, Haru, friggin' Middlestat. I don't know. I think you got to give him a chance. Last thing I'll ask you, uh, respectable expectation for this team i have a really hard time giving these guys a pat on the back or praise or to say hey this is the year where we're really going to take off i'm not giving them that either is the fan base right now they have to earn respect not only around the league for other teams but they need to earn the fans' respect. We've watched a decade of horseshit hockey. Now, the last year and a half, we've actually really seen some turnaround as fans. I've seen a lot of turnarounds, things that I've liked that Kevin Adams has done, okay? And the direction that he's taken, I really have liked what he's done. I've liked what Don Granato's done. That being said, I'm not giving them a pat in the back or praise until they show me that they can win some hockey games. Okay. All right. And all the more reason why Don Granado, they should have waited on signing into the extension for everything that you just mentioned. Got a treat for you. Tough night, guys. Tough night. Oh, my God. <laughs> you look like you've had a tough night, bud. 
you need some toothpicks. Your your eyes are are you know are half closed. Listen, I I just woke up and it's all of a sudden. Oh my god, I forgot about I forgot about my boys. I didn't set my alarm. I thought I'd get up because I'm usually up at five five thirty. It'd be perfect, but no, not today. What happened last night that prevented the uh, the Kramer just alarm the, from going off? Yeah, uh, just you know, just the. Just a long dinner, you know, long dinner, a lot of talking, a little couple of cocktails, a couple of whiskey in the wilds. And next thing you know, it's, and my wife was looking smoking too. So it's like, that makes it. <laughs> so that keeps you up a little, that keeps you up a little later. Yeah. That, well, that, that, that I, maybe I didn't include that in the equation, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're happy you were able to join us. Uh, Craig is literally ready to kill me. I mean, I've just been, I've been poking the bear all day long and well, what's, what's new, what's new. That's, that's, a, that's like every other Wednesday that I'm on with you guys. It's great. I love well, it. It's kind of the point, but I mean, Craig, this is a really sensitive spot for Craig. Don Granado got a contract extension in Buffalo and you know, he was on a one-year deal, and I said, I said they should have waited. What's the rush to sign him? See what happens this year. There are a lot of great coaches out there, and you know, are there, like, are there a lot of great coaches out there? There's a bunch of recycled that we see over and over and over again getting jobs, and they they last two years. Great, tons of tons of awesome coaches out there. Well, I mean, Rand, last time I noticed, Barry Trotz doesn't have a job. Um, you, you have, uh, you know, our guy, um, from Chicago doesn't have a job, no Quenville, you know, I mean, I would call them pretty, pretty high level coaches, um, whether they want to get back in a game or not, I don't know, but, um, Hey Riv, I love you to death, but I'm kind of on PD's side on this one. You know, Buffalo has had so many awful years when years where they've started awful. And then all of a sudden, when the pressure's off at the end of the season, got really good, like last year. They started playing amazing right when they were just when they eliminated out of the playoffs in February. So for me, why, why not wait to see if you can carry over that momentum that you had the year before, what you had that team doing, how you had them playing, how you had them thinking, beating all the good teams in the National Hockey League, going on, you know, making the fans excited again. Well, Craig's like, well, uh, Tage Thompson scored 38. Jeff Skinner's back to form. Well, maybe they're just doing what they're supposed to do. Like this coach well, this that's year, true. this year, this, like I said to Craig, I'm like, look, I could have gone in there with the nightmarish season that they were having with Ralph Kruger and changed the morale of that team. All you do is give him ice time, make him smile, tell him not to worry about anything. Have fun coming yeah, to the well, race. That's it. But that's it. That, I mean, I think that's the situation, right? So when you're, when you're coaching a team that is pretty much out of it and all of a sudden the pressure goes away and the team can, can play loose, play, you know, the, the style that the coach is asking with any pressure. So to me, why, why, um, why recognize that, that aspect of it and then reward somebody with a contract before you can see whether he can do it in the pressure situation to get off on a good start to make sure that the team, because you guys, you guys know as well as I do, there's a lot of pressure to start the season. Well, uh, give, them a, give them a contract at American Thanksgiving. Sure. Or Christmas. How about a Christmas present? There you That's go. a pretty good Christmas present. Let's, let's try to be, let's try to be around a little bit over 500 at Christmas 
And if you can do that, that's a lot better than where we were last year. Three, four which, points out of a wild card spot at Christmas time, a Merry Christmas three-year contract. Yeah. And by the way, you know, Granado's done a great job. Let's not take away from what he's done. There's no question about it. He's, he's definitely put a different kind of mentality and uh, attitude into that locker room. But, um, you know, it's a new season. And it's it's just like some of these guys getting these nine ten million dollar contracts because they had one good year, right? Like, show me that you can do it two or three years. Don't go then, there. That, you know, don't so, go there. <laughs> because Tage Thompson had thirty eight goals last year, coming off a whopping seven goal season the year before, and he got fifty million. So, hey, hey, don't go there because Craig's like. He's going to be a steal. He, he might be a steal, but I'd rather him be a steal knowing that he can do it and yeah. pay him more money than maybe pay him. Yeah, but I love, yeah, but I love how Craig t- likes to take care of the players. He like, he cares about the players. That's good. You know, I listen, this, this league is so crazy. Like they just came up two years where they lost so much money and they come right back in after the pandemic and they start spending money again, like crazy. When, we know that the players are already in massive debt to the National Hockey League, and now they're going to be in more debt to the National Hockey League because of all these crazy contracts that they're throwing around still to date, coming off of uh, an absolutely no revenue two seasons that they just went through. I think it's kind of crazy. It's it's it's. Yeah. I'm going to be very. I'm going to be very. Like, interested have to you see what's seen happened. Jr. in that in particular? Like um, Gary Bettman came out the other day and and forecasted the next number of years. Um, I think it's at, what is it at? 82.5 this year, Petey? Yes. It's at 82.5. So next year it goes to uh, 83.5. It goes up a million dollars. And then the Mm -hmm. next year after that, it goes up to 87.5 or possibly 88. And then the year after that, it goes to 92 plus. (laughs) My question is why? Why, why I, is the uh, salary cap going up? Why are they not taking that extra money and having them pay off the debt that the players owe the owners? Because I'll tell you why. You know, you guys know from being in the PA meetings that the player's mindset is keep driving that floor up. Keep driving the floor up. Keep driving the floor up. It doesn't matter what the financial situation is. No one ever cared about escrow when we were in when we were playing. It was get the salary cap up, get the salary cap up and 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 try to make uh, as much money as possible. That was always the plan. Yeah, no but the, yeah, I, I, yeah, but guess what, guys? In my talkings and dealings with players today, all they care about is playing the game. They don't care. They don't. They don't give a shit about the future of the revenue, the future of their contracts, the future of the state of the game in terms of the debt. They're oblivious to it. I mean, let's not let's let's not be bygones, be bygones, and let's not be just like. Uh, naive about this like athletes are not the most educated people in the world okay they're not they're not business savvy they're not uh economically savvy and a lot when when you bring up the conversation of it they're like i don't know i'll leave it to the other people i'm just gonna make my salary and go when their salaries can be drastically uh tainted or diminished or uh or taken away via via taxes, via escrow, via whatever the case may be. And they're going to, at the end, they're going to go, where did it all go? Where did my $9 million contract go? I thought I, I, I should be good for the rest of my life. Uh-uh. They don't think in the future. They don't think positively or at least economically smart 
in the future. They think, but did you, were you, when you were playing though, JR, did you, when you were like 25, 27, were you thinking about that? Sure. Sure. During the 2004 lockout, I was the one that stood up in front of the, the whole NHL players association in front of Bob Goodnow and Ian Pulver and said, guys, you know, maybe we should accept a salary cap right now because the owners own the teams. You know, they have the power. We have missed half a season. We can still save half a season and and get start getting paid because you know what's going to happen after this? We're going to lose a whole year. We're going to lose a whole year of salaries. And you know what's going to end up happening? We're going to end up having a salary cap anyway because you know the owners are going to end up winning at the end. And if we do a soft cap, and I talked to a lot of players, and there were a lot of players, about 60, 50 or 60 of them, that agreed with me. But when I stood up in front of the in, – right in the middle – of the NHL Players Association meetings during that lockout and said that, Ian Pulver looked at me and said, that's not true. There's nobody that wants a salary cap, JR. And I'm like, are you t- are you calling me a liar? I said, I'll knock you the fuck out if you're calling me a liar. And and I took a lot of shit. I still take shit for, for standing up and saying, listen, we can still be very successful in a productive league with a salary cap. But it's got to be a Every, light cap. You know what's amazing? Soft cap. I was a rookie in the but, league and I listen I just listened to players. I, I I had no business talking, but I listened. And a lot of players, a lot of players were saying, How is the NHL the lowest revenue in the four big sports and the only one without a salary cap? Where would we be? Oh, I should I shouldn't say we because I'm not involved with the National Hockey League, but where would our game have been and where would the NHL be right now? If there was no cap ever implemented, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be awful. I think it would be terrible. I think you'd have, you'd have, well, two, if there's no cap, then you would have teams. Arizona spending 13 million on a salary. Cap, Arizona wouldn't would have, have team. Uh, the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs and, and, and the you, Rangers and Chicago. You would have, you'd have 27 teams. Yeah. 26, the only way, the only way you teams. could have gotten to 32 from that time was by having a salary cap. No question. So when you, when you say, did I think about it? Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about my, you know, my future, my contract. I thought about the league's health. Right? I uh, listen, I knew the league would not be healthy if if we did Bob Goodnow's way by saying no cap and just let 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 teams spend as they want to spend, which would help Toronto, Chicago, New York, um just, you know, um what are the other teams that were that had a lot that had a lot of money? Right, the, the the major teams, Detroit, oh, yeah. Yeah. Detroit, Much, Montreal. These, I mean, yeah. Boston. Those teams, those teams would have would have just overtaken everything, and it would have been a a six a six team league. Well, the Rangers. Literally. Remember, the Rangers had the they signed Bobby Holik, they signed Darius Kasparaitis, they had Eric Lindros, they had uh, Brendan Shanahan, Quintel, Yarmar they, they had remember the, like, remember like uh, what's his uh, uh, Bobby Holik signed for like. 10 million bucks or something. And then Casparitis got some crazy deal there too. They both went there in the same summer. I think it was early two thousands. It's like yeah. they would, they had Yager. Like, I mean, yeah, it would have been, yeah. there would have been less teams for sure. Cause nobody would have even been able to compete, but yeah. Well, you know, now, and now, now you, now you have the, now you have the argument, right. That uh, there's certain, that the high end players are getting, uh, you know, dramatically more of, of the cap, which stars stars the- over Kansas. 
It's it is, but listen, isn't that the same in every business? Yes. The people that the people that sell the most product make the most money. The bigger people that are the smartest people in business that do the most for the company make more money. That's how business works. It's we're listen. We're not. This is not an equity, an equity league. Okay, you don't get all paid the same because you play the game of hockey. Everybody gets paid a different level. Now, granted, fourth liners are are making less money than they would than they were than they would have if there was no cap. Granted, but do fourth liners need to be making five or six million dollars? No, no, they shouldn't. So uh, I don't know. It's that. I, I I think it's interesting, and you know, one of the ways they've gone uh, to make more money. Have you seen these digital ad boards they had going last night? Oh my god, they change right in the middle of the play, and it's just so distracting. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I listen. I take advantage of technology, man. That's what we've been asking the National Hockey League to do for so for so long. Use technology to help create a you know more revenue for for your league. There's so much. There's so much at, at the fingertips that, unfortunately, they haven't been able to, or at least they haven't tapped into, to uh, you know, to create more revenue. And and by the way, by the way, the the television contracts that are going right now have were vastly um, underperformed what Gary Bettman told the owners they were going to get. ESPN paid less, and TNT paid less. So the money that they, they they put in for the revenue for TV contracts heavily were did not reach its its goals, which didn't look good on Batman. So he's got to use as much as he possibly can to try to make up the difference of what he didn't get in the in the TV contracts, like NBA and and baseball. Their t- their their television contracts are are monstrosities that really. Send the cap over, you know, over the edge. That's All those games are easy to find. All you need is an NBA package, or you see the NBA on TNT every night. You know what the problem is with the NHL? I got to go and download and do all this stuff and sign up for ESPN Plus, ESPN, Hulu, yep. Disney. Like, uh, maybe you can get a package with all three. I, I just that's I, a joke too. I just by the can't way, can't be bothered. It's it such horseshit. Yeah, it is very true. It's very true. It's 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 really not a good system. It really isn't. And I think they really dropped the ball. Like, listen, I'm 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 way happier that it's with ESPN and TNT than than you know than other lettered were other lettered um, networks that that are on there. But it's it's still it's not it's not a great product. I'm sorry, it's just not. Well, they also have the, they got a massive Rogers deal up in Canada, but that's Canada. I mean, like the hockey's, hockey's the, the king over there. You can't, you know, that's Canada. Canada's definitely where it's at. I have to interrupt this conversation though, for Craig for a second, some big news out of Buffalo, even again. Oh boy. Sabres what? leading the league in, in news, uh, uh, in announcements. What? They, they had Kevin Adams extension, Kyle Oposo captain. Can I guess it? They signed, uh, Tate Thompson to a massive contract. They should have waited on. And Don Granato just got an extension, but they just signed another player to a seven year extension. If I were to tell you that a kid that has played 54 games in the NHL had 12 assists and minus 18 
in 54 games. Now, granted, Craig's going to say on an absolute horseshit team. Signed a seven-year, $30 million deal, which, by the way, could turn out to be an unbelievable contract, but seven years, $4.285714 million. Oh, my God. For seven years, he's played 54 games in the league. That's never, a steal. Doesn't have an NHL goal yet. Oh, my God. It's the, it's the steal of this. Are you going to tell me right now that that is not a steal for Matias Samuelson? Matias Samuelson. Who's Matias Samuelson? Shit. <laughs> Bullshit, JR. I believe him. I believe him. Bullshit. I believe like, him. Like, we only know who he is. We only know who he is because absolutely. we live in Buffalo. That's the only reason why we know who he is. Who, who, who is he? You're, you're fired. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. Fired. Uh. Fired. Matias Samuelson's agent. Right now. Absolutely terrible contract for that young man. Oh my God, man! Craig, you'd be making ten million these days. I can't. I can't even. I can't even. I don't even know if you guys are serious right now. Matias Samuelson, twenty-two-year-old hockey player. Okay, he is playing currently right now on the top. That is an right, unbelievable right contract, and I mean unbelievable contract for the Buffalo Sabers. I think it's going to be a fair contract with where he's projecting to go. I again, again, just soon. Not fair. Just soon. Like, how soon is it? Did it have to be seven years? Oh my God, man. I cannot believe that we, if you were to tell me, like, expectations. Okay. What's he going to, what's he going to have by Christmas? I I want, I want, what do you mean? What is he going to have? He's a a freaking defender. He's one, he's six, five, two thirty. He moves exceptionally well. He defends exceptionally well. Like he is playing with Rasmus Dahlin this year. He's playing with Rasmus Dahlin on the top pairing. Well, this kid is six, five Jr. He's 230 pounds. He skates exceptionally well for a big man. His first pass out of the zone is outstanding. He's got poise with the puck. He's got leadership qualities. I am shocked that his agent would sign this contract. He is playing right now. This is, he's played 54 games in the league. He played three quarters of a year last year. He played really well for this team. Mm-hmm. This team right now is going to skyrocket, I believe, in the next couple of years. Okay. I, I hope think they do. Matias Samuelson, I think Matias Samuelson is going to be one of the best defending defensemen. I'm, and I, I'm, not lying, one of the best defending defensemen in the league. I I believe. Okay, so that- this is so this is this is this is my point again. Okay, this is my point again. When I told you and I said earlier, who is that? I really meant who is that? Like not knowing. Okay, I see your point. I understand where you're going with this. With this, it's uh, talking about here. we're talking about projections, okay? You know, like when when players get get money and they get paid eight million dollars or whatever, and you're projecting that those players are going to earn that money, may not earn it in the in the short term, but in the in the latter part of the contract, you you're hoping that they exceed those contracts, right? So when I look at this opinion, contract. It, this kid's worth right now, at this very minute, at this very minute, 
He is worth $4 million. Right now, what today. Have, what should he have signed? I wouldn't have signed the contract. I would not what? have signed the contract. You would have waited. So what do you think he's Absolutely going to be worth? Well, you know what? I mean, when he when he puts up, you know, 23 minutes a night, defending against the number one lines in the league, playing on the top pairing with Rasmus Dahlin, I think that he's going to be a $6 million player all day long because the salary cap in four years from now, JR, okay? Is going to be is going to 92 million. million. Yeah. But what about yeah. in year six? What about in year five, six, seven? It's it could be high 90s. This four million dollar contract is is literally going to be so outdated, it is off the chart. He's worth okay, well, four million right now with what he's gonna do. Okay, well, for let's 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 kind of let's let's kind of do some comparables. What what stay-at-home defense defending defenseman makes the most money? Who is it? And what do they make? It's like a great defense? question. I was actually just going to look up what Cernak makes. It's a good one. It's a good one. Go I mean, look up Cernak. Go look up uh, Ryan uh, Cernak. McDonough. On a 5.2 million, but he's also coming off a 2.9 million. He's 25. Are you telling me that this kid couldn't have played the whole season and still signed this contract at the end of the year? playing one season this season that he could have such a good season that he'd be worth more than this. Well, listen, I mean, by Kevin Adams knows what he's doing. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, this is a crazy ass contract, man. You have a defenseman. I would say it again. He's six, four, six, five, 230 pounds. He's got an, a long stick. He skates exceptionally well. He defends exceptionally well. He's 22 years old. And he's going to play with the number one defenseman on the team, Rasmus Dahlin. This kid's going to have an opportunity to play over 20 minutes to 24 minutes a night. Okay. He is going to be relied upon to kill penalties in a big way, to play against the best lines in a big way. And let's just say that he does finish his deal this year. What makes you think that he couldn't assign a two or three year bridge deal for three and a half, four million dollars? He could well, go to arbitration next year and, and get four million bucks. He signed a seven year deal for four point two million dollars. That is ridiculous how bad that contract so, so, is. So so you don't so so you don't care about the 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 the, the price of it. You you you're you're mad at the length of it, is what you're saying. I don't think he should have signed a three-year deal for $4.2 million. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's, it's the length, but because see, after that, he's going to sign for 7 million possibly okay, when so the salary maybe, cap goes up. Okay. So we always complain. We always complain when players sign for big money and long-term contracts that you know who that hurts. It hurts the fucking teams. They're dumb GM contracts. And then all of a sudden, there's a GM that does something brilliant and locks somebody up for a contract that actually does the team a benefit. Oh my God. Is that going to benefit this team? Kevin Adams. Yeah. Kevin, let's yeah. give it to him. Yeah. That's, I totally agree. That finally, is an absolute finally. brilliant contract. This is a top four defenseman for the next eight years, years. eight yeah. years, eight years, Yeah, because he still has one year left and then he's going to play seven more. This kid 
in his entry level deal. His entry level deal is going to be playing just, on the top I just line. Got a text from uh, I know you a, got it from a former he NHL, talking about NHL defenseman, and he said fifty four games played gets you a seven year deal. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe you know, maybe Ads knows what he's doing, man. Yeah, maybe I lo- love doing. this deal. I it, love it. It love could, it could potentially turn out to be an outstanding deal. Even it if he doesn't, even if he even if he doesn't get how how do I even say that he's not going to get there? He's a defender. Okay, he's playing with the top defenseman on the team for probably the next seven, eight years, nine it's, years. It's just going to be gonna, it's going to be analytics for him, man. It's going to be analytics for him. It's going to be plus minus. It's going to be analytics that are going to pr- prove this guy's worth. If he's body checks, guy, goals on the ice for a, goals yeah. against all goals, chances, for, oh, chances, yeah. chances against all that stuff. Analytics is going to de- determine where this guy. Because if he's not an offense, don't forget player, breakout passes, Jr. Don't forget, don't forget. He's oh, an yeah. incredible oh, yeah. puck moving defenseman. He moves the puck for a big man. He moves the puck extremely well. I love his valuable. defending. He's. He, do you remember Shell Samuelson? Did you play with Shell? Of course yeah, you the, did. You know, the, you remember the, the reach? Water. Remember the reach on Shell Samuelson? The reach. The reach. That guy was that guy was the tallest, ugliest player I ever played against. That's and his dad. That's, his, That's dad. his dad. And frustrating. That's his dad. Like, oh my gosh, I, I get it. Shell okay. Samuelson was what six seven six eight six eight. Yeah. Yeah. So. This kid here, look at Shell Samuelson and and how he defended and how he did things, but add a, a much higher level of puck skating. moving skating ability, puck moving ability. Yeah, his, dad, his, dad couldn't, his dad couldn't skate. Yeah, well, his this kid can. This kid can yeah. at 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he can really skate. Well, this is an unbelievable deal for the Sabres. Not yeah, only in the short fun. term, but on the back end of this deal. Oh, my God. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh, sorry good. for interrupting our conversation with that news. That was good. That was good stuff. I liked That's... it. Now I can watch him and, and uh, really critique hey. him. And, yeah, That's great. I can't wait to watch another Buffalo game. <laughs> what a great <laughs> contract. <laughs> They're all yeah. going to make. But I do. Money. I do love. I do love the fact that they have a first class, quality person, um, and uh, a, a heart and soul guy that's wearing the C this year for, for Buffalo. That that could change the mentality in that locker room. Having a just a pure heart and soul good guy as the captain of that team. So you know, good for Kyle. That's awesome. I think. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about him at length. We had him on actually just uh earlier in the week and uh he's he's truly um and 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 you know this JR like young guys are like sponges mm-hmm. on so many levels. Like you everybody yeah. thinks like they're hockey players, okay? But they're before a hockey player, they're people. Yep. Okay? And you want and you know this because you've played on a lot of different teams and you've played on teams that have uh, had different characters, right, JR? Mm-hmm. And you oh, have yeah. young players that can veer down the yellow brick road and take the wrong path because yep. they're guided by an older guy that might have some demons himself, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kyle Poso, there's a lot of youth on this team, a lot of youth. 
And Kyla Poso is a guy that I believe a lot of these young guys can look at him, not only in, in, in the uh, video room or, or things like that. We're talking about away from the rink, how he interacts with his wife, how he yep. interacts with his kids, how he interacts with people around the city, the respect he has, like yep, 100%. is exactly what By this the way, team how, needs. How about, how about um, watching the way he's dealt with his own, his own demons in himself? Yeah. And how he's con- how he's conquered things and yep. the confidence that you can overcome things. I'm, I totally agree with you. He, he, they are sponges and they watch because these kids that are coming into that locker room, you know what they were doing last year and the year before? They're watching the play the players that they're now sitting amongst on television saying, God, I, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get there. So as soon as they get there, you know what they do? They watch and they look and they see, and you're right. They gravitate to certain leaderships. You know, when we were in San Jose, you know, you had Joe Pavelski who gravitated right to Jumbo, right? You had uh, a guy like, like, like Brownie who gravitated to a Marlowe, right? It was like, you had different guys that gravitated to different types of players, different personality players that matched them. And I just think Kyle Poso has kind of a, 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 a wide variety of, of, of talents as a person that he can really keep that locker room energized, excited, um, focused. So, uh, listen, I hope they have a good year this year. I really do. I hope uh, Granado keeps his team rolling the way they finish the year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they start the year because the start is important. But um, Starts I like tough. what they're doing. Start yeah, is tough. Yeah. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, when you look a lot at of teams, teams got that better played, this year. Yeah. A lot of teams got How about, better. Talk about talk about teams getting better. Can we have this so one of my very, very, very close friends, uh, his favorite team on the planet is the Calgary Flames. And his text to me last week was is it inconceivable that you trade away or get give away your two best players in Goudreau and Kachuk and get better the following year? Because he believes that they improved with Huberdo in terms of what they're what they're gonna get from Huberdo to Goudreau in terms of a you know points and a little bit more power, a little bit more speed. And this Uyghur is an underrated player that they they they're really high on, and a couple other signings that they that they did. Is it possible that Calgary got better? And then you have Goudreau and then you have Kadri. Uh, Kadri. Who right. last yep. year in seventy games had eighty-seven points? He was on pace for over a hundred. Yeah, and he's so, and he's somewhat going to be replacing a very popular player there in Kachuk. Okay, but they both play the same type of same way. Both irritating. You want to yep. kill them on the ice. I think Calgary is a team that is. They also get a first round draft pick, Jr. Okay, mm-hmm. they also get a first round draft pick, but. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I mean, kudos for them. That's 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 a scary move getting rid of your top two point production guys. And by the way, they also lost Mo- uh, Monahan. And I don't know what happened to Monahan, whether it's injuries or it's confidence or what. But this kid was a hell of a hockey player three years ago. A fucking hell of a hockey player. Yes, he and, was. He was their number one not, center. Yeah, and he's not there anymore. So if you look at the at the trajectory of what this team is, is has has gone and what they've been able to replace with. 
I, I tell you, there's there's another another great GM, you know, performance over the over the summer. Here's something you so, may not have known because you said that this Uyghur kid. Do you know who he's related to? Um. Do you know what I, number I, he wears? No, what number? Fifty-two. Any fifty-twos that come to mind that that are somebody right-handed shot defensemen that somebody, somebody, somebody I'm talking to right now. Yeah, that's somebody his. That's not his nephew, by the way. That's his cousin. Very cool. Well, I even like we. I even like Uyghur even more now. And Uyghur is now the top-earning NHL player in the Rive family tree by a lot. <laughs> Did you, did you did you watch any games last night? Did you watch either of the two games? I did. I watched I watched the Ranger game. Uh, I watched the Ranger game. I was kind of disappointed actually in the offense. The offense, but again, Shesterkin again just started off where he left off. You know, playing dynamite hockey. But I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch the L.A. Vegas game because I was too busy out having dinner and drinking wine and staring at my wife the whole time. So I didn't watch that game. But it seemed like an exciting game. I mean, Jared, your, who's your, boy, your who's your team this year? Before we even there's you know there's a couple games that have played this year. The Rangers played Vegas. Uh, yeah, you know, um, a couple games over in where was it? London, uh, Petey? I don't even know. Yeah. I think yeah, Nashville yeah. Uh, played uh, San Jose. San Jose, yeah. Um, is there a team right now? One team from the the West. One team from. Uh, the you know the east that you were just you really think this could be their year oh man i i just don't think there's a team that's on colorado's level right now so obviously i think they're you really think that they're they're the yeah, team to beat I, I think they are the team to beat still i think um i think the rangers in the east the rangers are going to be really difficult to beat this year um after what they did last year, their confidence coming back with their goaltending, with the year that Kreider came off of, Zabenjad's doing great. Uh, obviously, Panarin is great. Fox is fantastic. Their coaching is fantastic. Um, I think that there's a lot going on in New York. I would not, <laughs> I would not bet against the Rangers this year. Um, and I'll tell you, the, the team that I love to watch in, on the on the west 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 coast is Vegas. I, I love the way they play. I love their offensive mentality. I love the way they go after it. I don't know if you guys have seen a game in Las Vegas, but it's probably the best place to watch a, a hockey game in all of the National Hockey League. Um, I love what they've done, and I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I think they're probably my favorite team in the league. But yeah, Vegas, but yeah, they they are. They like, are. Do they have? Do they have what it takes to make a long run? Because last year they, they were, did. last year they just, the you know, everybody's shitting on Jack Eichel because the team missed the playoffs and blah, 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 blah. But they were, I mean, severely injured on so injured, many severely. levels. Um, well, they, lost their, they, lost, they lost their captain. They lost their captain. They, they lost Mark Stone for half the year. You know, yeah. Mark Stone scores, Mark Stone scores the biggest goal of the year so far last night with 30 seconds left to go. 29 That's seconds right. left to go. That's right? right. So, I mean, he's come back and that, that team is a different team with Mark Stone in the lineup. Petrangelo is a fucking phenomenal defenseman, you know, and I'd say he had an off year last year. He played a lot of minutes. I think Carlson had a terrible year last year. Um, 
you know, I don't think these guys are going to have bad years this year. I think they're going to be, a, they're going to be a solid team to play, to, to play against. It's, it's, you know, and they could have folded last night. You know, they were up three, two, they gave up a power play goal to LA. I mean, LA's, you know, should have a pretty good team this year, but nothing bothers them. They go and score 30 seconds left. No problem. Thanks. Nice win. I'm I mean, excited to see what Jack Eichel does. You know, listen, I mean, he's on pace for 82 he, goals. Well, he's on pace. Yeah. I think he's going to have a monster year. I think. And that by the he, way, how big, you know, how big scoring a goal in your first game of the season is for a player of, of like Jack right now, who is probably he's, pressure wise. Right? Yeah. He's probably the most questioned superstar or I just, I'm not gonna say superstar. Cause I don't think he's a superstar. He's probably the most questioned star in the league right now. Right. And a guy who probably has the most pressure on him as a star in the league because of what he's getting paid, his expectations, coming off a of surgery that nobody knew how he's going to come off, and how I think Jack wants to be seen and acknowledged as a player. And to score in that first game, I'm telling you, he's today he's on fucking top of the world. He feels so good about himself because they won. He scored. He's on a team where he like where where it's fun. But I think Jack Eichel could have a fucking huge. Give me year. Jack Eichel's uh, point totals for this year. How many games are you going to play? Goals and points. I think I think Jack's going to have a seventy-two game season. Uh, I think he'll score 30, 36. and I think he'll have probably eighty, right around eighty points. That's going to be my prediction for Jack this year. Oh, if he plays more games, I think he's going to be a hundred paint, hundred point pace guy. Uh, whatever that is, however many games he plays, I think he will be a hundred point pace guy. Well, if he I have him at seventy seven games played, I have him at thirty seven goals, sixty two assists, ninety nine points. When you're who's he, when, who's, he, who's he who's he playing with? Who did he play with last night? Did he play with Marcheseau last night? That is a because because it's gonna it's it's really gonna depend on on really who his line mates are. I mean that he could he he could he could get on a line with with a little less talent because a coaching staff needs a you know needs a change in in scoring needs more depth scoring and Jack might be moved to a to a line where his wingers aren't as prosperous. That's why they moved him there. You never know how it's going to work out, but the assist wise, I think the goals you're right on Riv. I think his goal production is going to be right around 35 to 40. Uh, um, but it's his assists that are going to be in question for me. JR, man. Thanks for your time, buddy. This was awesome. Lots of news today. Lots of news today know, in Saberland. Well, it's funny when you're normally on with us, Jeremy, we, we, we go more league stuff and stay away from the Sabres just because, you know, we can talk about the Sabres anytime, but today there's just dropping news left, right and center. Don Granato and Matias Samuels. Hey, listen, so. I, I, when do they start tomorrow? Is that first game tomorrow? Yep. Thursday. Tomorrow night against the Ottawa Thursday? Senators. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow. Okay. Oh, tough game to start, man. Very tough. tough. Game to start. The Ottawa team's going to be tough to play against this year. You watch. And the funny thing is it's it's two teams that are trying to reinvent themselves, trying to yep. 100%. um you know turn the page of 
you know, a long mediocrity. mediocrity. Yeah, exactly. So there, it's going to be a big, big game for both teams. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, boys. Happy Wednesday. Same to you. Happy Wednesday. Thanks, buddy. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.